0: Welcome to Hot, Healthy, Never Hungry, a podcast dedicated to changing the way women eat to lose weight so they can feel their hottest. I'm your host, Lauren Hubert, former fad dieter turned registered dietitian. Each week, I'll share all of my favorite healthy eating tips and swaps, help you through frustrations on your journey, and show you the science behind losing weight. Hot, Healthy, Never Hungry is here to make weight loss simple, fun, and easy to stick to for life. Hello beautiful fit babes. Welcome back to another episode of the Hot Healthy Never Hungry podcast. I am here with one of my former clients, which is weird to say former because you literally just wrapped up coaching, so I still feel like you're, you're like still in the program, Danielle. Um but we're here with Danielle. She when I think of Danielle, shamelessly I do think of her progress photos. I think of the fact that she was wearing jeans in her progress photos, because I, can I tell you, Danielle, I got so many messages after I posted those progress photos, because when you see progress in your jeans, it does not matter what weight you are in the scale, because if you fit better into your jeans, you are seeing fat loss progress. And I can't tell you how many women resonated with that. Um, But without further ado, I'm pumped to have Danielle on the show. She is going to motivate the crap out of you, make you realize the scale matters, but what matters so much more is how you look and feel, um, and also share with you so many non-scale victories, which are really important on your weight loss journey because it's not just about what you see on the scale; it's also about fitting in the fun and the weekend and all the things. So, without further ado, welcome, my girl, Danielle. Thanks for having me. I'm excited, <laughs> Danielle. Where Where do we begin? I want to know when you first began your journey. And you were at the very beginning when you were struggling. Bring us back to that day, even like the day you applied for coaching, like where, where were you at when you applied for coaching?
1: Um, so I applied for coaching right after the holidays and right after my honeymoon. So I went on like a post Christmas honeymoon for two weeks. I came back and I was just feeling large and in charge. If I'm being honest, um, I was pouring out of all my clothes. I was just you know, I thought I was just bloated and then the days would pass by and I'd be like, this is not just bloat. Like I definitely put on a few. Um, Mm. and I just felt gross. Like if I'm being honest. (laughs) So I found Lauren on Insta and that's how it started. I just really loved like all of her videos. Um, all of her little reels just really connected with her and she, um, signed me up. (laughs) I love it. Now, do you know, wait, first, where did you go on your, your honeymoon? Um. Okay, so we went to – I'm a big Disney fan. So we did Disneyland for two days. First time ever in California. It was so much fun. I was going to say Disneyland.
0: I yes. haven't been to Disneyland.
1: Yeah, it was fun. I mean, I'm definitely a Disney World girl, but it was cool to experience. <laughs> um. And then we hopped on a cruise, and we did Mexico for a week. And then after Mexico, we went back to West Hollywood and just did, like, all the touristy – you know, East coast, the people
0: on the East coast, you know, don't normally get to see. So (laughs) literally me, except wait, I'm moving to LA. I don't want to be one of those people on a tour bus. I I agreed. I can't do that guys. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. So anyway, you went on this amazing trip, you ate and drank your way through Disney and Mexico back in, by the way, California and West Hollywood, LA has the the best best food. food. Yes. Oh my goodness, the best food. So you weren't feeling your best. Your weight was up on the scale. And in that moment, you knew you needed to make a change. I'm curious, how did you get to that point so quickly? And maybe it just was innately the way that you are, Danielle, but mm-hmm. I know there are a lot of women that have not just struggled with their weight for a long time, but they procrastinate on their weight loss goals. Like they're uncomfortable. They know they're uncomfortable. They don't need me to remind them that they're uncomfortable, but it's hard to take that first step and ask for help and get action. Is it easy for you to ask for help? Like what allowed you to go from struggling to I'm going to freaking do this and we're going to conquer these goals in such a short amount of time? That's a good
1: question. I think I just, like I said before, like once I realized this wasn't just bloat, and I was like, you know, Definitely. The scale was just not moving. If anything, it was going up. I think that there was like a two week lag by the time I got home from my honeymoon, um, to the time I reached out to you. And in wow. those two weeks, not only was I sedentary, cause I was just, it was January, like the end of January, it's freezing in Pennsylvania. I'm just, I work from home. So I'm sitting on my couch. All day. It, it was so <laughs> we have the same depressing. winter girlfriend. Oh my gosh. It was like, I was like, I think my breaking point was I looked in the mirror the one day. I said, I can't even look at myself. I turned my mirror around and I was like, I cannot. Like, this sounds like so sad now, but I just, I knew I just needed guidance and what I was attempting to do was not working. And this was coming off of like eight weeks of, you know, even before our wedding, we got married December 9th. Those like, two weeks before the wedding, you know, it was just like constant stress eating. So this was like almost like an eight week period of just eating God knows what.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you signed up for coaching. Where, what do you think you struggled with the most when you had like your first weekend? And you, I know you got your plan, you got the guidance, you got the roadmap that all personalized to your body. What do you think was like the hardest thing for you that you had to change?
1: Um, I would say... Definitely weekend eating. I think that's a struggle for pretty much everyone, especially like I listen to your podcast. Everyone that comes on, I feel like says the weekend. Weekend overeating. Yeah, weekend <laughs> eating. Um, Like the first few weeks that I was in the program, I was on this motivational high. So I feel like I was quote unquote perfect those first like three mm. weeks. Yep. And then
0: reality kicked in and I'm like, oh my gosh. Um. Wait, I'm so glad you're bringing this up, Danielle, because I almost want to use this episode with you right now because you're done with FitBay Body, meaning like you, like the evolution of 90 days. Now, sometimes we have clients that stay on longer. Sometimes it's just that 90 days, but there is like an evolution within your 90 days and week by week. You when you come in, you don't consider it. But like the first few weeks versus like the middle of the road versus the end of the roll road, there are different emotions and struggles, and which is normal on a weight loss journey, but we only ever talk about the beginning and starting something mm-hmm. in any program, right? Like we don't talk about like what it actually takes to see the change. So can we actually walk piece by piece through okay, your first few weeks versus like the middle of the road when it was re- really difficult? when you had like four weeks left, when you had one week left, like what was that evolution? So let's go back to the beginning. First few weeks, what was hardest for you? Weekend overeating. Yes.
1: Um, yeah. Weekends. I mean, yeah. Weekends were the first few weeks. I would say, um, just getting back into moving my body. Cause like I said, I was super sedentary. So yeah, I would just say moving, getting those steps in. Cause I know in the 90 day fit babe body, we try to track our steps. And I was like still super low on steps. I was just getting back into, like, I really like Orange Theory. I was just getting back into that. So I think those two combined were the hardest.
0: Yeah. Do you think that in your first couple of weeks you mastered weekend overeating or you mastered steps or were both of those things still things that you were trying to figure out as you entered like a little bit more middle of the road of the program?
1: Oh yeah. I definitely did not master it. <laughs> um, it was um, <laughs> I definitely really like I would get better. Yeah. But it's um it's hard like it's hard to do a complete lifestyle change. So, I would say very little by little I got better, especially cuz it was still cold like it's just so hard. It, it is an excuse like when you're, you know, when it's cold out, I don't want to go outside, but you just got to do the damn That's
0: thing. It's true. No, yeah. I mean, we're recording this with summer on the horizon in Boston yes. today. It hit 50 after being like 75, 80 this past, you know, last week. So, yeah, it's it's depressing, but yeah. it's tough. And what's interesting is you embarked on this when the weather was better, but still not like the best when you first began mm-hmm. coaching. Like it still was winter. I'm pretty sure when you signed up. So yeah, now we're entering spring, obviously summer's on the horizon. It becomes easier, but you really tackle these habits. Actually, I'd argue during the toughest damn season of the year. Thank you. Yeah. 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 I tried. So beginning, right. Overeating on the weekends, just the weekends in general steps mm-hmm. really tough for you. How did did after the first couple of weeks, like, what were new struggles that came up, or what were were new barriers that you were trying to overcome?
1: Um, So, I would say, again, weekend eating. It's like, for me, it's just so hard. I feel like every time something social is going on, at least in my life, it revolves around restaurants or food trucks or this or that. Like, you know, so just going out to eat constantly was such a struggle. And even to this day, I'm still learning as I go. But I would say towards like the middle of the program, I really learned that like even the smallest swaps make such a big difference in the long run. Mm -hmm. And even in the the short run, like the next day, you know, it's nice to not wake up after a restaurant, you know, a
0: night out feeling like absolute crap, you know? Yeah. What would the Danielle before coaching do with eating out? that you don't do now in a positive way?
1: Yeah. I would say the old Danielle would order, like, again, if I would be, like, with a group, I would, you know, we would get tons of apps and just, I would just not plate my food. I would just grab, grab, grab um, until, you know, there's nothing else to grab. And then maybe the old Danielle would, get a huge, you know, bowl of pasta after eating a ton of apps. I would say the new Danielle, like I just went out to eat to my favorite restaurant last week. We got a really like healthy appetizer, muscles, and then I got my bowl of pasta and I felt great the next day. So mm. just um, those little swaps, they
0: just really make such a difference. You know, what's amazing with what you just said, it wasn't about, Oh, my way in the next day was a certain number. Mm-hmm. You felt better, which I know you well enough to know, but for people who don't know you listening to this, a big part of your journey was also how you felt Mm -hmm. and how you felt was freeing mentally. I know with like the restriction Mm -hmm. around like the guilt with eating out, which we'll get into, Mm -hmm. but also you genuinely wake up the next day and you feel good. Right. So before I'm just assuming you were overeating and not only was it reflecting on the scale, but you were just not honoring what your body needed and it makes you feel lethargic. It makes you feel sluggish. You don't feel good.
1: Yeah, horrible. It was just like the most horrible feeling. Like it was – I was getting like nauseous. Like nobody wants to feel like that. And I think that's another reason I reached out to you because I'm like, I can't keep eating like this and feeling sick all the time. Like there's – you know, you can be a foodie but still be somewhat healthy. (laughs)
0: Yeah. You can be a foodie and fit, foodie and healthy, foodie (laughs) and actually like the way that you look and feel good in your body. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And and I want to touch base on the the mindset piece, because I know a big part of your transformation was mindset, especially Mm -hmm. with eating out. So how did that evolve and change as you learned more about what your body needed?
1: Yeah. So I feel like I'm not scared to eat out. I mean, I wasn't scared to eat out prior, but I would avoid it if I could, but like I said, there's mm. just, everything social is, you know, eating out. So it was hard, but I also try to limit how much I eat out. Um, cause before I was eating out, you know, two, three, four times a week sometimes. And now And we're like, talking like restaurant, like full yes, blown not just like appetizer, way. dessert, alcohol. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And that's a lot (laughs) for me, at least. Um, So now I just try to be mindful and plan my weeks. You know, I'll tell my husband, let's pick one night we can go out. Or if our friends, you know, text us, oh, let's do this. Okay, that's our one night. And then we try to eat in, you know, the rest of the week. Or if we don't go to a full-blown restaurant, you know, just get like a healthy
0: Chick-fil-A grab or something. I'll never turn down (laughs) Chick-fil-A. You do love Chick-fil-A. I do too. So no shame in the game. Um, so you're you're kind of planning it in advance. Mm-hmm. Now, the million-dollar question is, you are a foodie to begin with. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there was guilt with eating out. But just because the shame of eating out with weight loss is typically something that doesn't align, right? Mm-hmm. But you like food. You like going out to eat, living yeah. your best life before joining coaching. How do you make these changes and do it in a way that didn't feel dieting restrictive? Because a lot of women listening to this are going to be like, Danielle, that is great you are a foodie and you found balance and you're not eating out as much and you can have that willpower and discipline. But I also know a lot of women listening to this are like, I don't have that willpower. Mm -hmm. But I'd also argue you didn't have that willpower probably at first either. Mm -hmm. And I don't even like using the word willpower because I know willpower didn't get your way here. It was more learning this new approach and method, right? So, Mm -hmm. how did you do this without essentially feeling restricted the whole time?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I think just with coaching, you know, there had to be some accountability. You know, I didn't want to be that person that signed up for, coaching and not make any progress. You know, I wanted to hold myself accountable and have that willpower. Um, And it takes, you know, it doesn't just happen overnight. It takes weeks and weeks to learn. Um, So I would just say just the accountability piece and the membership really helped me mentally. Um, And just little by little, I would start feeling better. I would, you know, I'd look in the mirror and be like, oh, like, I don't hate the way I look today. Um, so those small, like the tiniest changes just really
0: helped me, um, like proceed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what about eating at home? I want to talk to you about like what it's like getting cooking. I always say get cooking, good (laughs) looking, and it's (laughs) true to be good looking. You got to potentially learn how to cook in the kitchen yeah how did you what were you eating at home like before and Mm -hmm. where where did you make modifications how did you I mean obviously if you're not going out to eat as much Mm -hmm. you still have to eat so I'm assuming you're making more more food at home
1: yeah yeah I would I don't even remember what I was eating before like before my wedding I was just eating cookie like just junk food all day Um, and I would try, you know, there would be some like healthy, healthier things in there, but I would say now I really, um, I do a lot of like ground Turkey, ground Turkey tacos. Um, I'm a big, like Dave's killer bread with avocado and eggs, just, you know, even like the tuna packets with Mayo and Dave's killer bread. Like I love bread. So yeah, just
0: small little meals like that. Basically. <laughs> I'm not like the best cook, but I try, but that's good. You're saying it. Cause mm-hmm. a lot of women feel like they have to spend hours in the kitchen, do this insane meal prep no. um, because you work from home. You're like me, you have it a little bit easier and you can kind of do things in the moment and you don't have to prep. So in, in advance, but you're, you're keeping it simple. Right. And I literally had a client say this to me today. And I feel like I've said it on every coaching call and I'm going to say it here too. Yes. It's important to reflect on habits and the emotion and all the things that go into maybe why we're struggling with our weight, but ultimately do not overcomplicate this, right? Mm-hmm. Get your budget, understand your targets. You're trying to hit. Let's think of some healthy meals and hit your budget. You will lose weight and more than that lose body fat. Um, mm-hmm. cause that was, you know a big thing of your journey. So yeah. on that note, Danielle, we saw not just weight loss for you, But in fact, there were weeks where you didn't lose weight, but your progress pictures painted a very different picture. Um, So before you joined coaching, what were your goals? Maybe number of pounds down, what you wanted to achieve. And then I definitely want to talk about like the evolution of your progress, because I know it looked different than I think what you thought it was going to look like on the scale.
1: Yeah. So before I joined, I was, I just had this number of 130 pounds in my head. I don't know why I've never been 130 pounds. I think the lowest, and I hate to talk numbers, but
0: just for the sake of being realistic. And for everyone, we don't compare these numbers to like person to person. Yeah. But I do like that you're saying that because the amount of women that just pull numbers, when they're applying for coaching or joining the membership or whatever Mm -hmm. it is, like we hear these numbers, but ultimately the numbers that we'll see really soon Mm -hmm. don't really mean much because your progress photos mean so much more. So yeah, yeah, just know that these numbers are just what Danielle's experience was. Yeah,
1: a hundred percent. So yeah, I just had this number in my head. I don't even know where I pulled it from, Um, but I think I ended the program like right around Like 135.6 was my final weigh-in. And I think that was like a total of six to seven pounds lost um, when I started. But yeah, like Lauren said, my body just completely changed. Um, I'm fitting in all my old clothes. Clothes are falling off of me. I need new clothes. Um, And that's
0: only from like a six to seven pound loss, which is awesome. How do you feel about that goal weight that you set? because your goal weight, and this is actually a picture I paint for clients when I talk about goal weight when they first join, actually, I'm like, say your goal weight's 130, Mm -hmm. but you look like what you want to look like at 130, but you're 135 or you're 140 pounds. I kind of pose the question, does that matter? Do you Mm -hmm. care? Would that be success for you? So now on the other side of things, do you consider that success? Do you feel happy about it? Are you still focusing on that five pounds for one thirty? Where are you at? And I think this conversation is super candid, meaning a lot of people are going to relate to this. Yeah.
1: Um, I feel like super happy with my weight right now. Um, and with my body, you know, of course I always, you know, I'm always like, Oh, I could lose like two or three more pounds. I mean, I feel like that's just natural for anyone to think um but i really feel confident like so much more confident in my body at 135. i actually have not weighed myself since i stopped the program yes i the like scale. that because yeah. it's coming from a positive place <laughs> yes it comes from a positive place the scale just does not serve me um that well And because I feel so good pretty much day to day, I feel like I don't need the scale right
0: now. That is huge. That is huge. What would you say to women that are 5, 10, 15 pounds, like they're at the end of their journey, whether they've lost a lot of weight, they are at the very end, or maybe they didn't have a lot of weight, quote unquote, to lose in the first place, but they were doing this more for fat loss and composition changes. What would you say to women out there that are 5, 10 or 15 pounds heavier than their goal weight? But they are feeling good, yet the scale is still controlling them.
1: I would say take your damn progress pictures <laughs> um, <laughs> because those progress pictures I sent you—I think it was like I had four weeks left in my program. I was literally 140 pounds in both of those pictures. So that was like, wild. Not even my lowest weight, um, and it like the the change in the my midsection is just like insane. And I remember specifically that morning I weighed myself. I weighed, you know, that 140. I was like, what? Why am I even doing this program? Like my body is not like nothing is working. But then I was like, let me just try on these shorts. Like, let me have a Zen moment here. I put on the shorts. I took the picture and I was like, oh my God. Like I just could not even believe the progress. And I just, it took me like a while
0: to really understand that I was the same weight, but looked so different. It's a mind F honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Because us women are told to care about your weight. That's what weight loss progress is. And of course, I mean, if you're trying to lose 50 pounds in the scale, never budges. I'm, I'm sorry, girlfriends. That's probably not fat loss, but especially as, you know, someone who's shorter and then especially someone who, if you don't have quote unquote, a lot of body fat to lose, you're not going to see as much scale change because you have a lower percentage of total body weight you possibly could lose. And I just want to point out for everyone listening, say Danielle did lose more weight than what she did. Some of that weight, if you already are at a low weight, is going to be muscle loss. And that's like the last thing we want to happen. Cause that would mean you're getting in such a big deficit just to try to get this number lower. And that actually, especially at a low body weight to begin with when you don't have a lot of weight to lose, but it's more fat loss you're actually setting yourself up for so much weight regain potentially because the worst thing is that being at a low body weight and losing muscle mass when you already may not even have a lot to begin with. Um, So just not setting you up to feel good. Um, So yeah, what I'm hearing, Danielle, is you're focusing on how you feel. And because the scale is gonna play mind games with you, you go off of the progress photos, which the progress photos and how your clothes fit, they don't lie because the jeans are loose. You need new clothing. You feel really good. Yeah, the scale that day was 140 pounds, but those pictures, if we did like a blind control test of it, yeah. no one would say you weigh the same in those photos. No. But if you only went off of the scale, you would never think that.
1: Yeah, 100%. So that's why I say like the scale just, you know, doesn't really serve me. I mean, it never really did serve me. Um, I've always had a very bad relationship with the scale, but after going through your program, um, I just feel so much better about like the number that I'm seeing. And I know to just compare it to how I'm
0: feeling physically. I love it. I love it. (laughs) And because you lost body fat, right? You didn't just count calories. You didn't just hit the protein, even though those are amazing things to do. You also switched up your exercise and Mm -hmm. you're an OTF girly love my little orange theory girls. I (laughs) used to work there guys. So I want to talk a little bit about the exercise piece and some of just even the changes you made to your diet and exercise. So when you came in, you weren't doing a lot of steps and you had been on a hiatus from orange theory because of your trip. Mm -hmm. How did you incorporate exercise? Like when did you add it in? How did you decide what to do? I know part of it was us helping you kind of decide and figure that out, but walk us through that because there are women listening to this that I know we talk a lot about the diet changes, but Mm -hmm. exercise was a big component for you on your journey too.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, so when I got back from my trip, I think I, I was like only um, an eight times a month member at Orange Theory. I signed up for Unlimited and I just kind of made a goal for myself, like just go as much as your body allows you, at least for a few weeks, you know, just try to jump start it. Um, and it just became a habit. I actually feel like I'm like angry if I don't work out, um, like I really enjoy working out. <laughs> so... it comes, you know, a little easier for me maybe than other women to get to the gym because if I don't just mentally, it's scary.
0: (laughs) Like I need that release. Um, I am the same way. Can I just have that in people like you work out so much for your body. I'm like, I just am better. There's something about going to a gym, especially when like you pay for a gym membership. Like Mm -hmm. I have an apartment gym at one point. I just had the apartment gym, but there's something really special about getting outside your home, especially when you work from home. And oh, it's yes. like, that's your commitment to yourself. And it just makes you feel good. Exactly. Yeah. hundred percent. So, um, yeah, I just kind of
1: did what I had to do and I really just fell back in love with Orange Theory. And then as the weather got nicer, I would just say, okay, like maybe I could just do a quick mile walk. Like just get that extra like for the day, um, for the week. And
0: yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. So you started to pick back up with orange theory. I do remember there was a point in time on your journey when we talked about consistency with exercise Mm -hmm. and like how often you were doing it per week. So, you know, a lot of times we wait and we're like food first, exercise second, Mm -hmm. don't try to add in a lot of exercise. For you, you were just so ready to jump into it, which I think is also a perfect point to illustrate that. Every person's journey is going to be a little different. For some people, it's not diet culture and something unsustainable. Like you made yourself go all in on that commitment. Mm -hmm. And that's something that you're still doing till today. Now, of course, some weeks might be better than others. And, you know, exercise kind of ebbs and flows and changes. But it sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong, like the exercise piece was just that big commitment you made for yourself. It made you feel good. And I'd argue because you made that commitment, it almost made you more committed to your journey because you had something tangible to really work towards Mm -hmm. outside of the food piece. Would you say that's accurate? Yes, definitely accurate. Um, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I love it. So exercise, you kind of went all in Um, with the food stuff. Talk us through a little bit of calorie tracking before the program. Had you ever tracked your calories before or was that something completely new for you?
1: Yeah, so I tracked my calories. Um, I started like a few months after COVID. I think it was like spring 2021. Um, I think things were still like locked down, and I was like, you know what, let me just try, you know. I got sucked in that TikTok world and I actually lost like five or seven pounds um tracking calories through my fitness pal back then. But the quality of the food I was eating. Like I was just eating like Fiber One bars and just the most random, (laughs) yeah.
0: Oh my goodness!
1: I mean, I still eat those today, but not like I was. Um, So the quality of the foods were not there. Now I lost the weight back then, and I think that's was another thing that kind of kicked me in the ass before I signed up for your program because I was trying to do what I did almost two years ago, um, Mm -hmm. and that food quality was just not the scale was just not budging. I was just feeling disgusting. Um, so yeah, definitely track. I've been tracking calories like that wasn't new to me, but I would say the food quality was what really, really um, made a positive effect
0: on me. You know, what's really interesting. You're making me think of when I think of like, if you search like calorie counting or any iteration of mm-hmm. that general idea on TikTok, Instagram, or any social media platform, there is this perception of what calorie tracking is and should be for weight loss. And when I think of like diet foods, there's just like certain foods that, I mean, I eat myself that my clients eat, but are like kind of known as diet foods. Like for some reason, maybe it's like Weight Watchers and some of these programs, but like those pepperoni slices, rice cakes, fiber one bars. Like there are just these foods that, I even see on clients food logs when I'm like, I see a lot of these foods and not for you, Danielle. Cause this was like beforehand, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: even obviously like I looked at your food logs, you know, it almost makes a little red flag in my head. Cause I'm like, mm-hmm. Hey, why are we choosing those foods? Yeah, And is that actually holding you back from getting like other things that you do need in your diet? So What was it like learning that? Because I know that's something we talk a lot about because before you just didn't understand that, I'd argue you shouldn't just be eating like fiber one bars and these hyper-processed, low-calorie, high-fiber, high-protein foods all the time. Like it can fit, but it's like, we Mm -hmm. also want to make sure we're eating like wholesome foods that like you can buy at any grocery store. It doesn't matter where you live. Yeah.
1: I I even remember, like, I think um, when I first started, um, 90 day, I was buying like these Sola, like bread, bagels. I don't, but I remember you looking at it and saying, mm, I remember this? this. Yes, And like, I'm like, you know what? She's right. Like, why am I buying this? Like, at first of all, it tasted like garbage. Like, sorry if anyone likes oh. that. <laughs> but I literally was, I just could not. And I, I don't even know. Like I, I just gave in to like, you know, I saw an advertisement on TikTok and it's so easy to get sucked in. Like it's low carb, low calorie. Well, sometimes that's not always the best. (laughs) Um, so just like the swaps, the Dave's killer bread, I just, I have a Dave's killer bread every day, but I try to eat like eggs and avocado with it. So like two whole foods for, you know, to kind of
0: counterbalance the, quote unquote processed bread. Yeah. So it sounds like it was honestly easy for you to make these changes. I know for some people, it can feel actually scary to let go of the diet Mm -hmm. foods, but you know, I think what makes you so successful that I hope is something everyone fosters because it is important on a weight loss journey, but you have to be accepting and willing to change. Mm -hmm. Um, I've said it before to clients just on social media, but like to change your body, you have to change your habits and to change your habits. You have to be willing to actually change things that Kind of sometimes, not that they don't make sense, but in the moment saying like, don't have a low calorie food, it's like, well, why wouldn't I? I'm trying to lose weight, but it's like the bigger picture of understanding it. It's simple, but it's not just like eat low calorie. It's mm-hmm. let's eat right. Exactly. What made you, what made you so aware and comfortable making these changes besides obviously us guiding you me guiding you looking at your food logs giving you that direct feedback but like what gave you the confidence to be willing to change these things
1: oh, that's a good question i mean obviously like you said your feedback and the coach's feedback really was a motivator um i would just say like you know when you're eating you want to eat food that tastes good and some of these like lower calorie processed foods like They just don't taste that good. Um, And like, why would you want to waste your calories on food that tastes like shit? Um, And and then it goes again back to how you feel. Like I just, as the days went on and like every day, like tracking wasn't perfect. I had a few days where there was just forget it. But I just started to feel better physically. And like my gut health, I just knew it was so much better. So I kind of just reiterated that back to You know what i was eating like if i had a few days where i was eating more wholesome foods you know i would feel fabulous and that kind of just you know i had that mentality to just keep going keep
0: eating those um more whole foods having good digestion is like the most underrated fat loss hack and to have good digestion, you can't be eating these processed diet foods all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's like I'm, I'm not here to shame and say you can't have certain foods. I love a good protein bar sometimes. So I'm on the go. I, I had a rice cake today. Like, is these foods aren't bad, but if your diet isn't getting enough of like actual fiber from a fruit or vegetable, that's a big issue, right? Mm-hmm. So, what was your digestion like without you know? having to spill too many beans, right? What was your digestion like before? Like, was it even a problem? Cause I don't think we even talked about this before. And then what notices have you noticed within yourself, whether that's like bloating and just like how you feel? Yeah. I mean, before I'm pretty sure my digestion was just shit. <laughs> um, yeah. just, I just remember
1: being so, so bloated, <laughs> <laughs> like just yeah. so easily bloated and just, I don't even know. I just remember just feeling, like, disgusting. But now I just – like, last night, you know, my husband was at Wawa. He's like, do you want a shake? I'm like, hell yeah. And that fit in for my weekend, and I had this entire shake. I didn't feel – you know, I didn't feel that guilty. I was like, oh, I could have maybe saved a little bit, but – I, the biggest thing I noticed was I literally did not feel sick at all. Like I went to sleep. I didn't wake up with a stomach ache this morning. I've been like, I was fine all day. So I just have noticed, you know, it's just, my digestion is just better. Um, I just don't feel as, you know,
0: disgusting really. (laughs) Yeah. I love that you're candidly using these words because I think it sometimes we skirt around the topic, but it's like, When you make choices that don't make you feel good, I'm not talking about the calories and getting off track. I'm talking when like you're eating like crap every weekend and crap is not just, I'm going out to eat. It's you not honoring your body. It's you not eating what your body's scientific nutritional needs are. Now we don't have to be perfect, but when your diet is a hot mess express, and then we're keep adding on a lot of these like hot mess express activities oh, yeah. 100%. and food choices. Like it is gonna impact your digestion. But when you're able to have a good foundation, you can fit in a Wawa shake, you can you can fit in ice cream, you can fit in tacos and like it not derail you because you have that foundation built. But the key is what you're emphasizing is that foundation has to be built. You only have good digestion because you're not doing that every day, every meal. Like exactly. you have to have that's some the biggest change
1: I feel like I've made is. Not every day and not every meal. Like, you know, I'm like such a dessert girl. Like I'll have like a little treat every day, but that doesn't mean, you know, that do, I'm not like derailing my whole progress here. It's just like crazy how eating whole foods just turns your life around. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. You know, a lot of women we talk to, and that are even in the program, right? You know that many women are stuck. I know you know so many of our other clients from being a member of 95 body and a client of ours. What's interesting, Danielle, though, and and it's one of my favorite things is you were stuck, but not like, like desperate, like you were not desperate dieting. Mm -hmm. You were not, you were obviously struggling in some respects because things needed to change, but I don't look at you and I'm like the Danielle I met over 90 days ago, she wasn't struggling a hot mess express. So can you talk a little bit about making the changes that you've made but it not coming from a place of desperation because like you were content and happy and you were generally a pretty healthy person. Mm -hmm. You just wanted to lose some body fat and feel better in your body. And I think that's important because so many women almost have to feel like they have to be so stuck and like, just completely a hot mess to even be able to embark on a journey. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I would say I just, I didn't want it to get to that point
1: where I was like a complete and total hot mess express. And I felt it kind of creeping up because I just, every day was just like garbage eating. Maybe I'd have one day a week where I would be like healthy, but then the other six days, like forget it. And, you know, you can't really live like that if you want to, you know, feel good and look good. So I would say I just kind of took the reins and, you know, I just didn't want to progress in feeling shitty. So that was the big reason why I made the jump to join the member or join 90 day just so I can kind of reel it in. Cause I
0: felt it getting out of control. Yeah. Yeah. I want to ask you one more question, Danielle, and that is what surprised you? as you learned more about nutrition and fueling your body and like what might be some misconceptions or even just one misconception that you really learned throughout this process of shedding body fat?
1: Hmm.
0: Well, I think what
1: surprised me was how like quote unquote easy it, it really is to turn your habits around. Um, at least for me, I, and you know, I'm not perfect. Like to this day, like I'm, I still, you know, everyone struggles from time to time, but it was, which is normal. Yeah. It's so normal. I would say just, okay. So I would say like that you don't have to pretty much starve yourself in order to get that cool body. Like I did fall victim to TikTok. I still fall victim to TikTok and you know, you don't have to eat 800 calories a day to lose weight. I think that was
0: my biggest misconception. So yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. And I hope everyone listening to this, oh, I, some, some of my clients eat 800 calories in a meal at, in their fat loss diet. So yeah. we definitely got to be careful what we see on the internet. I feel like a lot of people nowadays talk about TikTok and marketing when it comes to nutrition and just like who you trust can be so confusing and things can pop up on your screen that might seem like they're true or might seem like a good idea. And it's really hard to kind of understand what you should be doing and what you shouldn't be doing, but yeah, it's, it's really tough. And I think the biggest thing is being empowered. So you know how to navigate those types of pieces of content that if you're on an explore page, you can't, you know, to a degree, you can't really impact what shows up there. But yeah, the thing is, it's going to keep showing up. So the only thing that you can do is either one, get off the app or two, be on the app, but really have a strong understanding of what is actually true and false when it comes to nutrition. hundred percent. Yeah. Any advice for women out there that are knowing they want to make a change? They are coming back after maybe getting married, a little honeymoon phase. I know I gained a little bit after my honeymoon. It's it's very fun, very indulgent, very celebratory. And getting back on track, that first time getting back on track is so unbelievably hard after you've gotten a little bit off track. So what advice would you give to women just starting out?
1: I would say just start small. I mean, You don't have to go all in. The smallest swaps really can make the biggest difference in the long run, even in the short run. Like, you know. You could feel good for a few days if you just make these small little swaps. And I would say, don't be afraid to try something new, whether that be like working out or a new type of protein. Like I'm such like a turkey, ground turkey person. I'm just now like trying new proteins. So um, don't be afraid to just, you know, kind of
0: get out of your comfort zone a little. The key is start now if you want to lose body fat. Yes. Just start. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't it matter how start. you start, doesn't matter how much you take on. For you, you went all in with the exercise, but some of the food stuff, it was just these small little swaps. So you have to decide what you want to go all in on, what you don't want to go all in on, and maybe start small. But the point is just move. Not yeah, just move 100%. your body, but like just
1: move to start. Yeah, and move your body. Like it's so underrated. I I just can't believe. Like I said I was just sitting at home on my couch like for weeks at a time, and I just just moving my body just helps so much, not just physically,
0: but mentally as well. I love it, Danielle. (laughs) Thank you for coming on and sharing all your fat loss hacks and secrets that I guess aren't so secret anymore. (laughs) Thanks for having me.